how best to structure a community. We don't see that as much in Canada. Uh, some condominiums are really good at it because they get people in there that want to have a community and be part of a community and they really embrace it and promote it. Yeah. That's something that I think more condominiums should do. Really promote the community aspect of your property. You know, people are, they don't have enough energy to focus on it, but I think those that do, their properties are better run. Yeah. Um, their residents are happier. Um, they have fewer problems. They know right away too when something goes wrong, right? Like if a cleaner in your world, if if a cleaner isn't performing, they know about it right away. The feedback gets to the property manager right away, and then we deal with it right away, right? Whereas properties that are more lackadaisical and don't have that community um, spirit or, or atmosphere, things can go unnoticed for weeks or yes. months, and sometimes even years, right? Because people don't care. Welcome to the Mastering Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Sarbit. Join me as we delve into candid conversations with industry experts to uncover their strategies and insights for achieving success in property management. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, let's elevate your property management skills together. Hi, everybody. This is Jared Sarbit with Mastering Property Management. Today, Today's guest is Jennifer McFarlane with uh, Magnum York Properties. She is the uh, branch manager in Calgary and uh, has a vast experience of property management. Um, I can't wait for you guys to learn about her. I have a long lasting relationship with Jennifer and there's so much to learn. So to kick us off, Jennifer, first, if you could just kind of let us know what got you into property management, um, you know, some of the milestones along the way and what got you to the level of success that you have today. Oh, for sure. So um, I guess my first exposure to property management was um, when I took a temp job back in 1998, 99 um, for TELUS Mobility managing their facilities. Um, and I looked after their big building and some of their um, satellite spaces in other buildings. And I did all the moves and changes for all, their whole team, which was huge. Um, it was originally designed as a temporary position. Um, they were they were not sure who they were going to hire. And it, it, I filled it as a as a temp or as a, a, a temporary employee. Um, and then became an employee. So I, I was there for a couple of years. And when they merged with ClearNet, the ClearNet had their own facilities manager and my position became redundant. So from there, I moved to Condominium First, which was the largest condominium management company in, I think, Alberta. Um, they had over 300 um, condominium clients and that's huge. I, I Davies Brothers, so um, Bob, the father, Don, the son, and Doug, the other son, um, were kind of um, trailblazers in the condominium property management industry. Wow. So um, from there, I moved to Gateway Property Management. Um, and after Gateway, I worked with one of the um, associates who went and got her broker's license um, as an independent broker. And from there, I purchased unit management. And that's where we met. Yes, yes yeah. we did. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that after. I, I do want to absolutely talk about how our relationship formed, formed which is amazing. Um, so so how long how long did you have unit management for? Uh, almost ten years. Ten years. Okay, perfect. And how many how many properties uh, roughly did, did you guys have under your portfolio there? Well, I started out with nine, but we went up to twenty five. Awesome. Um, twenty five, twenty three when I sold it. Okay, great. Um, and, and then, and then today you're, t tell me a little bit about where you're at today. 
Um, through getting unit management, I got my um, broker's license. So it's a full real estate brokers at the time. Um, under Rika, you could just get your brokers, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't split the way it is now. So through the years, they've kind of modified it and you can specifically get a broker's license in the specialty that you want to, to specialize in. So you can get a property management broker's license or you can get a condominium management um, broker's license. But the broker's license that I got back in the day is kind of like full service. So I can transact real estate. Um, I can transact commercial real estate, um, rural property, residential and property management and condominium management, which is what I specialize in. Yes. Amazing. That's awesome, and and so and so now with Magnum York, um, you're you're the branch manager for for Calgary, but I believe other regions as well, right? Um, just Calgary, kind of old or not old. Um, old is north, so Okotoks. We have a few properties down in Okotoks, um, and Canmore. Okay, so. awesome. And how long have you been with Magnum York now? I only started in January, so not even a long year yet. <laughs> Amazing. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and so, so what would you say some of your like key characteristics, like qualities that, that, that you have carried on in the property management world that has got, kind of gotten you to this level? Um, I think in order to be a good property manager, you have to be a generalist, right? Like you have to, you have to be good at a lot of things. Like maybe you're not an expert in everything, but you're good at a lot of things, right? So you have to be good at communication, which I think is probably the most important thing that we do. We communicate with our boards. We communicate with um, the owners and residents at the properties that we manage. We communicate with the trades that go to those properties. So it's a lot of communication. Um, and aside from that, you do have to be reasonably well organized. Mm -hmm. uh, you know where everything is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You do have to. You do have to possess kind of a good base knowledge and intelligence to understand the things that you're doing. Right. So, in our jobs, we manage properties, but it's more managing people right than anything um looking after the different personalities that are at play um some board members kind of you know ma managing those personalities or at least working with them yeah. um you have to be uh, you have to be able to understand legal you have to be able to understand building construction um mm -hmm. you have to be able to understand like when you ask a trade to go out and do something if you don't understand what they're doing you won't know if they've done it well so Again, that sort of wide base of knowledge really comes in handy. Totally. You, and, and, you know, because I know firsthand how you work and, you know, we, we saw it um, to give to give the listeners a little bit of history. When we first started our company, Picture Perfect Cleaning, um, we, you know, we did a cold call to Jennifer. We had two coffee shops and we did a cold call to, to Jennifer. I think it was actually uh, Rob, uh, your, your husband, that answered the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and um and we said you know we're a, we're a new janitorial company looking about and and you said you know sure we have this small little little condo you can you can quote in inglewood and we still have that today um and, yeah and um and that was our really our first you know i don't even count the coffee shops you know those kind of our training ground but that condo is our you know our you know one of our first real properties um and i remember um you know from there 
um, you know, we, you gave us a, you saw what we did and we, you know, we spent all these hours, we had so much time on our hands. So we cleaned the place top to bottom. Um, and, and you, um, you gave us a chance on another property. Um, and yeah. that was significantly larger. Um, I think it was about 140 units or so. And we still have that one today as well. Uh, but when, when you, I remember when meeting you on site and being so enamored with your knowledge of everything, and there's, there's so much detail. I mean, from the landscaping to the, to the interior, the you know, drywall touch-ups, to you know, to the to the garage door opener, whatever whatever it may be, you have to know so much about everything. And you're right, you have to be able to manage people. Um, so yeah, you it's it, it's a real skill set, uh, you know, that you have to have to be a good property manager. And I think you explained it really well. So thanks for that. Um, so regarding um, like kind of on that note, you know, you, you're absolutely right. You know, you got, there's a lot of stakeholders at play. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with, um, you know, fostering relationships with the tenants, with the owners, um, with, with the contractors, uh, with the board, what, what are the, you know, the strategies that you have to foster, you know, positive, healthy communication that allows you to be successful in a property? Um, it's probably not the first thing that's going to come to spring to people's minds, but I think you really have to have a lot of empathy. Mm. Right? So <laughs> when you deal with a condominium board, one of the first things that you have to realize is that these people bought their homes for the most part, especially when you're dealing with residential condominiums, they bought their homes or their investment properties, and they didn't know they were going to form part of the condominium board at the time they purchased it. And they are just people, Right. They, they're not property managers. They're not asset managers. They have no idea what they're getting themselves into when they join the condo board, right? Yeah, totally. They're probably great at what they do, right? Some are yeah. lawyers, some are doctors, some are, well, you don't usually get too many doctors because those guys are busy. But, you know, they'll, they'll, pe they'll be people in the health industry. They'll be people in the educational industry. Um, they'll be people that run their own businesses or that, that, you know, just work for whatever company they work at. And those, they're great at what they do. And then you just throw them into being on a board. Right. You have to understand that your role is to help them. Yeah. And yeah. with the people that call us every day, right? The owners that have problems in property management, nobody's calling you because things are great. They're right. calling because they have a problem with something or they're upset about something, you know, on the janitorial world, you know, they'll see a stain on the carpet or they'll see something that hasn't been cleaned for days and it irks them and it that it, it's their home. So they feel really particular about it yeah. and they call. Um, and, and the first thing to realize is that they're not calling to make your life miserable. They're calling because they're upset. Yeah. Yeah. And to fix that. Not that, you know, not that the people that yell the loudest are supposed to get the most uh, attention, but sometimes they do. And and sometimes they're upset for a reason and it's meritorious and you have to deal with it. I love that. I love that. I love, I love the, like that you're focused on empathy. Um, can that, can that at times, you know, if you have, you know, cause like you said, like we're, we're in the similar business that we, when we hear from people, it's usually something negative, you know, often, you know, just cause they're not happy. Um, so um, how do you kind of manage that personally? Um, you know, hearing hearing those complaints, I imagine that 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 would be a challenge and and can be difficult at times. You know, how do you how do you um, kind of separate the personal side to the business side? I I think that would be very valuable for property managers to hear. Um, it's funny because the easiest people to deal with are the people that are nice about it, but unfortunately, those people are 
are probably not the majority. You know, sometimes people are really upset and then they feel as though once they get a person on the phone or, or via email, they've got somebody and they want to, I don't know, maybe exact some sort of justice, right? <laughs> like maybe they feel that we're responsible for it. And it's like, well, we hadn't caused that leak or we never personally went and caused that damage. We'll do our best to fix it, but we can only fix what we know about. Um, and again, like I know that you and I have chatted about this before, we're only as good as our vendors, right? So when our vendors go out and do a good job, that that helps us out tremendously. But yeah, things happen and, and sometimes projects don't go well. Um, and it's always the ones where something goes wrong, then it continually goes wrong throughout the whole rest of that project. Right. They sort of curse to them and, yeah. you know, it's hard. And sometimes people do get really angry with us, um, yeah. you know, and they get angry about the amount of money that they have to pay and they maybe don't see the value in it. Um, it's not always apparent. What you do is, is explain as much to them as possible and then try and listen with that empathetic ear. Um, and then again, realize that it, they don't know who they're talking to, right? They don't know me. Yeah. They're just upset and they have a person on the other end of the phone that they can talk to and get their frustrations out. And hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, I don't try, I try not to take anything personally when I go home to my family and I just am who I am. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. That's, that's brilliantly said, really said. Um, balancing, you know, cost effect effectiveness with property maintenance is, you know, critical um, you know, because obviously every, every condo has a budget and every condo is in a different position financially. Um, how do you, you know, and your team prioritize upgrades and repairs, um, to ensure the long-term value for both owners and tenants is there, you know, while, while, you know, being conscious of the, of the budget. Yeah. Um, in the condominium world, con condo fees, right. People pay condo fees every month and, uh, it, they're looking for the best value for their money, right? And in the condominium world, when a board is looking at quotes, they don't understand the difference between the vendors, right? You can have vendor A, which is outstanding and probably more expensive, and vendor B, which is middle of the road, and then vendor C, which is bottom dollar, but you will get what you pay for, right? Yeah. Um, they're looking at how much this is going to cost them every single time will their condo fees go up five more dollars you know or 25 more dollars and when you commit them to a contract price is a huge consideration but you know he, we have to represent to them that price isn't the only consideration right like this might cost you in terms of dollars more than what contractor c would give you but contractor C won't give you that level of service that you're looking for and you will constantly be unhappy and it will cost you time and energy dealing with the complaints and the issues that arise, especially when you're dealing with something like mechanical, right? Which is a, it's an easy one. You have mechanical contractors out there that are outstanding at their jobs that are that cost a lot of money because it takes a lot of money to pay well-trained, well-qualified staff and you end up they end up competing with mechanical companies that maybe are a little less um, cautious about who they hire and maybe offer lower salaries with less trained people that don't maintain their equipment well right mm -hmm. and that costs the board down the line right because you have to replace things more um, yeah. not well maintained it will break and cause damage right? especially with mechanical you're dealing with a lot of water so if something breaks and leaks, it causes water damage and the corporation has to deal with it. Yeah. 
So price isn't the only consideration, but right now everything is so expensive. We've really seen that a lot in the last couple of few years, especially since COVID hit. Um, you know, contractors and, and corporations struggled at the beginning of the pandemic. But I think the impact that we see now is costs have escalated so much that that does become a huge consideration, right? So makes sense. Makes it's sense. Rough. It's really rough out there, right? We see utility um, utility costs that are huge, and and those were always a big part of our budget. But when we went through this past year with electricity and natural gas rates, the electricity was three times what it was previously. Wow. And everybody pays for electricity. Like I pay for electricity in my house. But when you take your budget to the board and you say, oh, you guys are over budget by, you know, 25%. That's big. Yeah, no kidding. Holy cow. That that must be really hard um, to to bring to them. Um, I'm sure some understand, but some some just don't care and don't want to hear it. Well, then they get mad because you didn't foresee that, right? Like, right. oh, how did you not see the rates? Nobody saw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are making way more money than me, buddy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, you'd have to have some pretty amazing economists on your board, I guess, to, <laughs> to see that. Yeah. You asked me before how we would, uh, how we deal with, um, long-term projects and and capital projects and i would just maybe make the note here that capital projects in terms of replacing things in the building those are always funded from your reserve fund so in the condominium world you have an operating budget so that pays for all of your expenses that you incur day to day throughout the year repairs and maintenance insurance admin um utilities, uh, all that sort of thing. Contracts like landscaping and cleaning, those are all included in your operating budget. But your capital components, like your roof, elevators, flooring, um, siding, anything that's a big component of your building that needs to be substantially renewed as the life of the building, um, as the building ages, that's almost always funded through your reserve fund. A portion of your condo fees every month gets separated out and put into that restricted fund that is meant only for dealing with those types of projects. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I, I imagine there's a, a fairly large education piece for, for the board, you know, and the tenants um, to really get them to buy into why they need to, you know, whether it's spend or invest or whatever, whatever the situation is within that property. Um, do you, do you, find that they give you the opportunity to edu- like be educated or or w- when do you get those opportunities to educate them on you know the this, this situations is at the board meetings is that generally where that yeah is? at the board meetings i mean luckily in our industry um there's been enough protections put in place under the act that that require condominium corporations to have a reserve fund study done when the study is basically a document prepared by an engineer an architect or another qualified provider some are certified reserve fund planners um they go through and evaluate all of the components of that building and then determine their effective age. So if you had the roof done 10 years ago and it's held up really well, maybe it's effective age is only five years or eight years as opposed to the 10. They they set that out, they write it all down and they put it in that study for you. And then they go one step further and they kind of estimate when the end of its lifespan is. Mm. So again, the roof is eight years old and it's rated to last 25 they'll project that out in the schedule, right? And say right. your now needs to be done in, you know, 13 years. Cool. 
Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, okay, thank you. Know that doc, like we luckily we that documentation is mandated, right? You have right. to have that under the act, okay. and then provide that to your boards and and go through it and explain it to them. Um, I find op most often at budgeting time is when I can sit down and talk to them about finances, right? Because they're all hyper focused, knowing right. yes what we say at this meeting. Your condo fees may go up, and they may go up substantially, right? Yeah, yeah not in good shape or it hasn't been well maintained and maybe you're a property that just came to us recently and you've got some problems chances yeah. are these are going to go up and here's why totally. right yeah makes sense awesome awesome um what about technology um you know how do you leverage technology and software to you know streamline your property management process and you know and, and enhance the the tenant experience and you know maybe it's a lot of it's on the back end that they don't even you know see or or you know touch but but you know are there any any technologies that you you use at magnum york or maybe at unit management that have been you know really helped you out um we didn't get into it too much at unit management right that was like I yeah. was an brokerage and very yeah. small and we yeah. used the tools that we could get like for not a lot of money because we weren't, we didn't yeah. have a lot of corporate backing, but yeah. with Magnum York, um, Magnum York really embraces technology. Um, the broker who owned the company, Peter Best, he's a uh, very um, tech savvy. Cool. In fact, he rent manager is the accounting software that we use accounting and property management because it does more than just accounting and he actually went into the back end of it and modified it significantly and customized it to what we need wow. so it's really a super effective tool for us um it has a portal so our board members can sign into the portal and see in live time what our accounting is right so if three bills came in they'll know it huh. right? yeah on their side of the portal for unit owners, they can sign into their portal too and look at their account and, and see what charges there are and see what notes there are on their file, um, which is which is really handy. Um, we we do use a lot of programs like a lot, a lot of tech uh, technology at uh, Magnum York. We just subscribe to a new vendor management program. So it, when we want quotes, we go into this program and it pushes out the the request to all the vendors that are signed on to that program. Right. It's Right. Yes, I think we just signed up for that. Exactly. No, right? Yeah, good. with your with your advice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's a neat concept. Um, I know that's very common, and it's been common for you know commercial property management, um, and I, I guess residential too. But you know, I'm seeing it more and more that you know they want they want that third party um, company to kind of manage the you know ensuring. The, I guess it's vetting the vendors. Is that the idea? Vendors is a big thing, right? So making sure they have. Their GST number registered, their WCB and proper insurance coverage. Yeah. Um, and having somebody to do that is really expensive and it takes a lot of time and energy and uh, smaller firms might not be able to do it. So if you can farm that out to a third party, why wouldn't you? Totally. It makes sense. Makes sense. Awesome. Um, in, in a constantly evolving industry, you know, what, what trends or you know, changes do you foresee shaping the future of property management? Um, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned costs, obviously that's, that's probably the forefront. Um, you know, if you want to talk about that or anything else that comes to mind. Um, yeah. And it's funny because property management is a little bit of a recession proof industry, right? And once a building is built or a property is, is completed, someone's going to have to look after it. Totally. Um, there's, you know, boards aren't qualified to do it themselves and it's a lot of work. It's a tremendous amount of work, right? So Having a licensed, qualified property management um, company in place for those 
those boards and those clients that will see that that's a huge value to them right um it is a little bit recession proof but you know like you said cost is such a huge consideration right now real estate in general it's bananas right we have a rental division at magnum york and we can't keep a vacant like we can't there's no vacancy right as soon as a property comes up it's rented within days if not hours of it becoming available unbelievable yeah it's really hard and i really feel for the people that are out there looking for a home because where are they gonna go yeah yeah um yeah what, what another guest that i'm having on is um um bernadette from home space um mm-hmm. and they, they work with um you know people that are you know ho- homeless or you know potentially homeless um and you know needing needing properties and they're they're an amazing organization and i'm, I'm really looking forward to my conversation with her but yeah i i can't imagine you know what it's like right now like you know costs are so high um like i have a, I, I actually have a condo as a rental property um and you know i have a i think she's 86 year old lady in there and and it pains me to ask her for an increase in in rent and and i i did and then she pushed back a bit and i brought it back down so i um it's it's tough for people out there you know and yeah so, um yeah i i can imagine so do you do you do you see that like calming down at any point or like what, what like i know i know like you said like i mean you have to be an economist to probably predict that but what's your feeling on the market i don't know like right now i feel like we're between a rock and a hard place right so i know that the banks are trying to um put the halt on inflation yeah wheezing the little guys like it's just crushing the 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 little people right yeah. just renewed our mortgage right it's a thousand dollars more a month yeah yeah so, the interest rate right it's just yeah. it's awesome yeah. um so what are you gonna do right do yeah. you want fewer people to be able to own homes then yeah. they have to rent somewhere and rents are crazy right now because yeah. everything's more expensive fuel is more expensive food is more expensive yeah. supplies materials contractors everything yeah. is more expensive right so landlords and building owners that own buildings have to pay more so yeah they want more rent right and they have to pay their staff more because their staff can't afford to eat right especially in condominiums rika just licensed condominium managers i don't know you probably have heard about that but Mm -hmm. in the years with the changes in the new act the condominium property act it became its own licensed section under under rika it's not part of property management um you can't just be a regular associate or an associate broker and manage condominiums. Now you have to have a condominium management license. It's specific and it's in addition to whatever other license you might hold. Mm. A lot of condominium managers who were on the edge dropped out of the industry, right? Wow. So fewer licensed individuals to manage properties. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just, I just have made an offer to hire a new property manager that's licensed. Getting a licensed condominium manager costs me you know, thousands of dollars more per year than they would have five years ago. So to get a properly licensed condominium manager, now you have to pay more. Wow. No kidding. And of course you have to pass that on, that cost on to the, to the tenants and the the owners of the the properties. So yeah. Wow. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Um, can, can you, um, as a, as a leader, you know, in property manager, like what, what advice would you give aspiring property managers looking to climb the ranks and achieve, you know, similar success to, to yourself? Um, improve your education, right? So if you have educational opportunities, take them, um, upgrade your license, 
learn more, um, specialize in certain things, right? And um, keep up your customer service. That's huge, right? Having happy clients um, and knowing how to keep them happy and to make sure that you're doing what you, you know, the best way to keep a client happy is to do what you're supposed to do. Right. Oh, and to tell them about it. <laughs> that helps yeah. them that awesome. helps you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah. Always improve. Um, always learn more. Learn yeah. as much. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you know, like I come from the restaurant industry, as you know, before I started the John Turo company and we always said, you know, it's a business of a million details. Um, <laughs> But I think you could say the very same thing, if not even more with property management, like there's so mm-hmm. much to learn. Uh, you know, there's, uh, we, yeah, that's, uh, it makes a lot of sense. So to constantly educate yourself is, is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, that's you awesome. Know, just a jack of all trades in, in, uh, in property management. You have to be like a master of all trades. <laughs> totally. totally. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, can, can you share a particularly challenging, uh, you know, uh, situation you face as a property manager and how, how you resolved it the best that you could have? Um, there's always challenging situations. Like almost all of them are challenging, right? You know, balancing budgets and uh, yeah. dealing with projects and stuff. That's challenging. Um, I think probably some of the hardest things that we have to deal with are, are, are bureaucracies. Mm. Uh, bureaucracies from outside, right? So um, utility companies have, have a very bureaucratic approach to the way they deal with things. Yeah. Um, I once had a property where the gas meters um, for two of the units were 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 flipped. One was a one bedroom um, unit, and the other one was a two bedroom with a big family in it. And the the lady in the one bedroom was a senior, and you know she <laughs> she did not use much natural gas, but her bill was was the was the one for the family, right? So she was paying for this for years, and. Wow. As she was going through it, she realized and she's like, this is this can't be my bill. She had her furnace down to almost nothing. And she would just kind of huddle around her stove uh, for warmth. And it was awful. So I said that, you know, you're absolutely right. That can't be your utility bill. Let's find yeah. out what the problem is. That there's no yeah. leak or anything. So we had the, the gas company out time and time and time and time again. And dealing with them and going through, sitting on hold for hours. Because you call in and it's like, oh, now you're 15th in line. We'll get to you in 45 minutes. Yeah. It turns into two hours trying to explain the problem and getting passed from department to department. Um, yeah, dealing with the bureaucracy is, 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 that's a challenge. We did get it resolved and she did get her refund or credit. Um, oh, the, the family in the, the, the two bedroom unit wasn't very happy. <laughs> did, did, did it have to get passed on to them that cost like did they go back i think for a year's worth of okay. um, the the consumption but nothing beyond that so yeah. i mean it was better than it could have been i suppose no kidding no kidding yeah that's a, that's a good story i mean it sounds like you, you know you did everything you could um you know to solve it and uh yeah i mean that that's that's out of your control i mean you know how do you how do you catch that like that's uh that's a unique circumstance that's for sure you invested in it right then you really want to nail down and figure it out it's like a puzzle yeah yeah Yeah, awesome well well done in solving that that's that's great um so uh i you know i have to ask a question you know assuming uh janitorial is you know one of your largest ongoing costs uh for for your properties um you know take the reserve fund budgets and stuff but for the ongoing work i assume it's one of your largest 
Um, how do you look for janitorial companies uh, to work with? You know, what qualities in a company are you are you generally looking for? Um, well, you know that I love you guys. <laughs> um, I I love your approach to um, managing janitorial, right? And I think you know we've worked closely in the past, and your big thing is getting the right people in place to do the job. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny because, you know, condo boards, like I said, they're always looking at the bottom line and it's easy to bring a contract to them or, or a, a bunch of quotes to them where you have contractor A, B and C. And they look at the they look at the bottom line and they're like, well, C. And then you have to explain to them, you can have C, but it's not the same as A. right? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully with the vendor management programs in place, you're going to see things even out more. And when you do your um, requests for proposals, you specify what you want in it. But even then, it's, it's it comes down to the quality of the people that you have doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for that. And by the way, this wasn't uh, meant to, for you to promote me in any way, <laughs> but, but thanks for the compliment. And we have, we, we, we love um, <laughs> working with you with unit management and, um, and, and other properties as well. So it's been it's been a great uh, great relationship. Uh, awesome. Um, if, if you can manage any any famous property in the world, um, which one would it be and why? You know, I was thinking about this. Like, how many famous properties are there? There's like the Eiffel Tower, yeah. the Guggenheim. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I like malls. I might want to try a mall. Um, cool. Maybe I don't want to manage Shinook. That sounds like a freaking nightmare. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shell Center would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Different um different clients in or tenants in that are all really interesting and you'd feel really proud and you know, have a lot of ownership over it. Yeah. And the mall would be interesting because it's quite complex. Totally complex. Yeah. We were just actually at West Edmonton Mall the, um for a few days, just got back and you know, the whole time I was there, I was imagining, you know, how do you run this operation? You know, they have, you know, Galaxy Land, the water park and all these different attractions within the mall. And what an amazing, um, you know, facility that is. And ironically, um, my my wife was in Tim Horton's line and she just started chatting with a gentleman behind her and it happened to be the facility manager for the mall. Uh, so divine intervention. I'm hoping to get him on the show now. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, I, I wouldn't want to manage anything quite that. That sounds like so much work. <laughs> yeah, totally. I would like a nice, quiet, easy property. That's yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Awesome, awesome. No, great. Um, and then my last question um, is, you know, if you could recommend a book to to your fellow property managers, um, you know, what, what would that book be? You got lots of nice ones. Oh, look at that. Thank God. So <laughs> John Corona. Um, I should tell you, Magnum York was purchased by Associa not very long ago, a couple of years ago. And Associa is the largest property management company in North America. Um, they have thousands of offices across the U.S., some in Canada and some in Mexico. Yeah. And John Corona, who started that company, wrote a couple of books now, and it's called In the Common Interest. Yeah. Um, for property management wonks, <laughs> this is really what you want to go to. Awesome. Amazing. Amazing. But for fun books, I wouldn't, uh, you know, for fun books, I would say maybe The Institute by Stephen King. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. And and, that, and that's, so that's not for property managers. That's just for, fun. for everybody. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah, for a property management nerd, um, probably John Corona's common interest in the common interest books. <laughs> cool. And can you touch a little bit on like, like, what are some of the, the points that kind of stood out in your mind in that book? Any Anything in particular or? 
Um, well, of, of course, it's a little bit different because he is coming from the perspective um, of in the United States. Um, a lot of it is gated communities and um, homeowner associations, but it's really about community living, right? Like so much. Um, and he he gets into what the economics of it are, which is interesting. Um, but it's it's a lot about how best to structure a community. We don't see that as much in Canada. Uh, some condominiums are really good at it because they get people in there that want to have a community and be part of a community and they really embrace it and promote it. Yeah. That's something that I think more condominiums should do, right? Really promote the community aspect of your property. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, people are, they don't have enough energy to focus on it, but I think those that do, their properties are better run. Yeah. Um, their residents are happier. Um, they have fewer problems. They know right away too when something goes wrong, right? Like if a cleaner in your world, if if a cleaner isn't performing, they know about it right away. The feedback gets to the property manager right away, and then we deal with it right away, right? Whereas properties that are more lackadaisical and don't have that community um, spirit or, or atmosphere, things can go unnoticed for weeks or yes. months, and sometimes even years, right? Because people don't care. They walk every day, they'll see, you know, a hole in the wall or, or a problem starting or a little bit of a leak. And they're like, I don't care. I'm not reporting it. It's not my problem. I'm too busy. Yeah. You just don't feel that sort of community ownership. Amazing. Amazing. What are some of the things, sorry, we're, we're delving into this, but if you don't mind, uh, but what, what are, what are some of the things that, um, you, that, that create a community? Um, like, like, can you give an example of how you foster that environment? Um, well, you know, you know, Wedgwoods, right? Out in Discovery. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge property, but they have an extraordinarily strong sense of community. Um, and it came from the people that lived there. Uh, you know, people that had time to be a little bit more social. It's not just, you know, your neighbors aren't just people that you don't know. Yes. You get to know them. Who are you? Where did you come from? Um, let's get to know each other, you know, let's and then from there it spreads out, right? And it it gets it gets even further, right? So then they know the local businesses that are around there. Let's yeah. all have dinner at the local restaurant. Or let's meet there. Let's get food in from there. Let's yeah. let's employ this local landscaping company, right? And it's uh, it's amazing. I love yeah. that. And and can that come from the property manager, or 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 does that need to come from the board, or maybe both? A bit of both. A bit of both. Like I try and encourage that. You saw that at, at Pierce Pierce Gardens. Yeah. yeah more and more of a sense of community as we went on right yes yes very much so yeah, yeah. that's and awesome yeah residents and it's it's getting a, a cooperative property manager too right because sometimes those community oriented properties can be a little bit more of a challenge to manage right you get people you know on it all the time and calling and complaining and you know sometimes they they may seem annoying right in reality they're making your lives easier right they're more engaged yeah. The hardest boards to manage are the ones that aren't engaged, the ones that yeah. don't, the ones that don't give you any feedback about how things are going. And then all of a sudden you find out they're really mad about something that they haven't talked to you about for months or years. Yeah. Like totally. we always hated this. <laughs> if you said something, we would have done it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Magnum York is certainly really fortunate to have Jennifer McFarland on on their team running running the Calgary branch and um, I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. You guys, you know, like it's uh 
they, they have, they have a, a real winner and, um, and someone that really understands the industry. So I'm really, I'm really, you know, grateful for you coming on the show. That's for sure. Um, for you know, this is really yeah. fun. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, um, I look forward to, uh, you know, continuing, continuing to, uh, our, our great conversations off offline as well. And, yeah. um, yeah, thank you so much. And we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks Jennifer. Thank you. Bye. -bye.